All right, fourth and final hour morning drive. We'll take another whack at it. 60 minutes to go as we head into the weekend. The big finish coming up at 945. Sounds like my golf game on the weekend. Yes, it looked like a good tee shot until I hit it, and then all of a sudden something went terribly, terribly wrong. Like a Cairo Santos block field goal. Of course it was going in. (laughs) When you said that this past week about your drive... Yeah, I didn't think I was going to slice it until I hit the trees. Well, I, I just I hear Vrabel go like, "Well, it looked like he hit it really well, and like it only traveled six percent of its total distance." And how do you know? And you know what happens on a tee shot, right? You you hit it really well, you make good contact, it clips a it clips a branch, right, and it goes eighty five yards. Yep. And you look at your buddy and you go, "I go, Nick." God, I hit that so well. If I just didn't miss that branch, I'd be way out there in the fairway. And then Nick has to look at me and go, yeah, but you're 85 yards off the tee right there, buddy. Yeah. Like, the ball's really just right there. So I don't – who knows if Cairo Santos' field goal was going through. That's ridiculous. Trees are 90% air until you get on a golf course, and then they are 100% wood. Yeah, it's crazy. No doubt about it. So, Titans, Broncos, Sunday, mile high. I have absolutely no opinion on this game because the first five weeks, my opinion has been dead wrong. I have gone 0 for 5 picking this Titans team straight up. Forget spreads. I can't figure them out to save my life. All the trends say they're going to win because they're an underdog. They're not expected to win. Yet I don't see anything from last week that says they're going to fix their issues. I'm not any better. I think I'm 2 and 3 straight up on them. I'm picking the Titans, so I'm not that much better. It's, I think they're, they have a lot of experience with Joe Flacco. Um, so they, they've played against him a lot. They've played against him each of the last, uh, I think, two seasons. Certainly last year did not go well against the Baltimore Ravens defense. Marcus was sacked 11 times, had no time to throw. Um, but here, here's an interesting stat for you. Joe Flacco in the last two meetings, um, which I believe has taken place in eight, the last two years, and they split uh-huh. those games. Joe Flacco threw the ball 89 times in the last two games yeah. against Baltimore. If, if At 5.6 yards per attempt, which, is, which would be last in the NFL. I mean, 5.6 yards per attempt for a quarterback is atrocious. So... He's throwing the ball almost 90 times. That's 45 times a game the last two times they've played each other. If he's anywhere near that number in this game, then the Titans will win the game, period, because that means Joe Flacco's having to throw the ball a lot to move the football down the field. He doesn't pick up a lot of yards against Titans defenses traditionally, and, and I just don't think you, you – it means you're trailing probably at that stage as well. So I just think you, you want Flacco to be the guy throwing the ball a lot. The Broncos want the opposite. The Broncos want him to be at 20, 21, 22 pass attempts. He's thrown the ball 90 times in the last two games against Titans the last two years, and he split 1-1 in those two matchups. The defense is largely what won the game for Baltimore last year. So as long as you can protect the quarterback, run the football, and force Joe Flacco to throw the ball, I think they win the game. I mean, let's be real here for a moment. Forget Joe Flacco. I don't think any offensive coordinator, any head coach, feels good about 90 pass attempts in two games. No, you don't want to go into the game on average throwing the ball 45 times. um, Unless that's your offense where you're throwing the ball around a yard. I mean, Casey does it. Cliff Kingsbury, man. Um, You know, Cardinals do it. Um, the Saints do it not 45 times a game but they're in the 30s uh, when, especially when Drew Brees is at quarterback um, but for the Denver Broncos uh, you know with Vic Fangio as their coach uh, and him being a defensive minded guy I, a guy I can't see that being a plus for Denver throwing the ball 45 times now if they can get around 25 to 30 times, um, then I think they're better off that way because, you know, unless, unless you know, 
a lot of those passes are going to Philip Lindsay and and Royce Freeman, then that's a different story because those two guys are they've been known, you know, they've proven they are playmakers. Um, they're probably the best one-two punch in the National Football League right now. But if you're trying to get the ball down the field and you're throwing it that many times, that's not good. It plays right into the hands of what the Tennessee Titans want you to do is be one-dimensional. And, you know, they've, they have a good enough defense, more than good enough defense, that if you become one-dimensional, then, then you know, they're going to have their way with you. Is there any concern with Denver's receivers, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders? I mean, this feels like Titan secondary should be in pretty good position. Those are some quick guys, though. I mean, there's some good. They are good players. You can't take them for granted. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders has been. You know, when he's healthy, he's been a consistent. Um, you know, pass catcher. Sutton is a young guy that that has shown flashes. Flashes. So. I mean, you can't overlook what they're capable of doing, especially at home, knowing that they got to have this this victory. You can't just assume, you know, uh, we'll be able to play these guys man to man on the edge and try to stack the box and stop Philip Phillips, uh, Philip Lindsay, and and Royce Freeman. You got to kind of play it honest and and hope that your defense continues to do what it has been doing, and that's you know being get being opportunistic, getting turnovers, getting sacks when they need it. The one the one thing I do have a good feeling on is if this game goes south for the Tennessee Titans and they lose this game by whatever margin and they fall to two to two and four next week at Nissan Stadium. The Los Angeles Chargers come to town. The Chargers right now have a losing record. I'll just rule out whoever they play this week for the moment. Almost make that irrelevant. Playing Pittsburgh. Playing Pittsburgh. Okay, so seven-point home favorite. Chargers don't have a home field advantage. They don't have this massive fan base. They don't travel. I think next week at Nissan Stadium, if the Titans lose this week, we're going to see a ghost town. And I I believe it'll be one of the ugliest looks for the John Robinson era. That's just my gut feeling. Based on the way Titans fans might check out – Chargers don't travel. I think you could see a ton of empty seats next week, more than we typically would. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to argue the opposite side of that equation, right? To to say, oh no, there's, you know, two and four. There's going to be a lot of rallying the, the, you know, circle the wagons, and Titans fans will show up, and they'll they'll make that place loud. Like it, it's hard to see that. And and frankly, the Chargers games have been really good games. I know, like, like they they have played really entertaining football games with the Chargers the last couple of years in mm-hmm. London last year and out in. The, out in LA the year before like they've played really entertaining football games so it, it should be a very good football game it, between two teams that we thought were division contenders in the preseason so I, I still think we're still we still have yet to figure out what everybody is in the mm-hmm. NFL we're still only five games in Let, let's 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 you know see what everybody is four five six more games but two two and four and three and three feel very different and especially if you lose again in the AFC to a bad team a last place team they were they had lost eight consecutive games before last week. Yep. So this 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 is a Broncos team that is not exactly setting the world on fire. So they gave up 270 yards rushing to to I almost said to LSU to, to Jacksonville <laughs> and Leonard Fournette the, the the week before. You can tell where my brain is. I'm just ready for Florida and LSU on Saturday night. Um, it, yeah, they gave up a boatload of yards to, to Leonard Fournette and Jacksonville rushing. If they can, you know, they were great last week. They only gave up 35 yards rushing. What Denver defense are we going to get? Like that. That's you know, Derrick Henry has to impose his will. I know we say that almost every Friday, but that's what you want to see this weekend. This should be a game where a power running game should have some effect. 
615-737-1025, the number. If you want to jump in, 737-1025. We've got our picks coming up at 930 this morning. Also, the big finish at 945. Uh, one quick thing on the NFL before we, we transition back to a little bit of college. Last night, Patriots crushed the Giants 35-14. Danny Dimes looked like a young pup in the headlights. Belichick clearly shut him down three picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say this, though, and I, I know the, the, the scoreboard said Patriots rolled. You start watching Tom Brady, and last night I watched a good portion of that game. He's starting to look like he's 42. Yeah, he's getting hit, and, you know, he's getting – the offensive line is not as good. Um, They're going to need to make a trade, I think. They've played a lot of bad teams so far. Uh-huh. Giants, yeah. Dolphins, Jets. And, 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 and listen, that defense is really holding – um, the water for them right now. Oh, do they scored twice um, last night, right? Yeah, yep. um, they've scored like six touchdowns. And you can't, you know, you say, well, Daniel Jones. I mean, he played good. I mean, the the turn, the interception, he got hit on the arm. He flopped it. The other fumble. I mean, he, they fumbled the ball and scored. Um, Nico scored when he yeah. threw the screen to the running back, and the yeah. running back ended up fumbling it. Yeah. Um, I think Jones has played good. They just don't have talent enough talent around him, and in New England, their defense is really what's kind of driving this thing. For if them I'm Belichick, right I'm trading for Stephon Diggs. I need to get. Uh, yeah. I need to get Brady some weapons. I don't know why you think it. What, what like they're undefeated guys? Like what are they? What are they really? But re- you, you just look at them, and it, their defense is really good. You know, I trust Sony Michelle. They scored thirty five points. Yeah, I mean, they went sixteen to ten against Buffalo. That's Buffalo's defense, right? One of the better defenses in the mm-hmm. NFL. But otherwise, I agree. They've played a weak schedule, but they've lit them up. So I don't know. It's hard to get better than six and zero, oh, right? I, I'm just looking at Brady, and I'm like, I think. Father Time is starting to creep in here. Well, like, he's I defied mean, guess, it for so long. Yeah, and it, listen, Father Time's undefeated, so it eventually will catch up to him. But you, you give me that, that throw to Edelman, you know, down the seam at the end of the game, like, still about as good as it gets, about as great as catch as it gets. It got a, you know, about as good an execution as it gets. I still think you, you give me Edelman and some of those other guys. James White's going to catch 80 pat. Like, I've. Y- y'all, y'all, you two can go ahead and doubt the Patriots. I'll take the 6 and 0 Patriots. No, I'm not going to. I'm not <laughs> doubting the Patriots, but they're going to have to. Um, you know, if their defense, if they get any injuries on defense and this defense, if this defense kind of slips a little bit, it will be tough on their offense uh, to move the ball because, you know, that's why the owner is, is begging for Gronk to come back. Praying. Yeah. Not begging. Because he, he understands that further down the line, when you start playing, you know, more playoff caliber teams, you got to play Buffalo again. Does you know, you need somebody, you know, and I mean, Edelman, Edelman, Edelman's going to get you the 10 yard catches, but they need someone else. I wonder what I wonder what else Robert Kraft puts in his prayers at night. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's yeah. a great thought. He put prayers he in pray his for, prayer. He for Gronk to come back. It's a good pondering by you. Think, think about but anything else? I thought Gronk was Mr. really Kraft? good, really good on TV last night, by the way. I didn't even see it. I didn't it. see it. He's yeah, going to be a megastar. He's got. There's no reason for him to ever come already, back to football. He's already a megastar. Just put a microphone and a camera in front of Gronk. You've got good television. Gronk Cruz every spring, baby. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't even need like legit analysis from him. I just need him to ramble. Yeah. I Whatever agree. comes out of his mouth, I'm in. It's, it's like Barkley. It's like Charles Barkley. I agree. You don't pay him for the analysis. You pay him for the uh, the wow factor yeah. and the, and the abs. Exactly. Of course. 
Coming up next, a little college football rivalry talk. One man played in arguably the greatest rivalry in all of college football, and I don't think it's going to phase him this week. We'll explain next on Morning Drive. Don't let the the weather phase you either, homeowners. Listen, it, it is going to get cold eventually. I know it seems impossible, but it will eventually get cold, which means your house is transitioning from that the, the AC running all the time into where your heater is going to have to work overtime during the winter months to keep you nice and warm and toasty. This is where you need to to partner up with Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling offers you the Comfort Club. What is the Comfort Club, you ask? Well, I've been talking about it for over a year. The Comfort Club, it, it provides comfort. How about peace of mind? Because what they'll do is they'll come out to your house. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling will come to your house. They'll get your entire system checked to make sure there's no problems before that, that first cold weather freeze comes through. Whenever that's going to be, right? We don't know when, when it's going to happen. This is why you join the Comfort Club. Every six months they come out during off-season times, the spring and the fall, to make sure before the heavy use seasons that your systems are up and running smoothly and efficiently. That saves you money on costly repairs. That saves you money in electrical bills and efficiency for your home. It saves you money, and it protects your home, and it gives you peace of mind. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. It's why my family uses Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. We're not using the other guys anymore. Two decades of experience, more than two decades of experience, locally owned. Now is the time. Have them come out to your house, join the Comfort Club, get everything checked before it gets cold. You want to do it now. Trust me, it'll save you money. I promise. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. SpringHillAC.com is a website. SpringHillAC.com. Check them out and tell them Braden sent you. It is morning drive. Good to have you in. Nice work by Marquise. Pigskin picks coming up at 930. Big finish at 945. So when we roll the calendar over to October, right, like, you, if you live in this area, if you're a Vols fan, if you're a Bama guy, the third Saturday in October used to mean something to you. <laughs> and maybe it still does to the diehards, but it's been lopsided. And when we get to October, even when Tennessee-Bama was great, I always would think, okay, now that we're into the month of October, the first thing I think of, Red River rivalry, Red Oklahoma River shootout. shootout rivalry. Red River shootout. I, I rivalry in, I sounds lived, better. No, I lived in Texas. I grew up somewhat in Texas. I went to the Red River shootout as a 12-year-old. It has been going on for 100 years, and it is the Red River shootout. What if the game ends 12-7? Then it's not a shootout. <laughs> if a Texas-Oklahoma game ever ends 12-7 in this day and age of football? Proper noun. It's a proper Crazy. noun, capital S. No, I, they changed it to rivalry because of all the PC garbage. It's yeah. a Red River shootout. It's a and It's what it's always been called. I will never call it anything else other than okay. that. Uh, as someone who lived in Austin and Dallas. Okay. I'm sorry. It's the Red River shootout, and I don't care. Get at me. Okay. Uh, Cotton Bowl, Texas, Oklahoma. And I'm thinking great rivalry. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts was asked about playing in it for the first time, and he said something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing, I think I'll be okay. I played in a couple of Iron Bowls. Uh, I've been in these types of uh, you know atmospheres before. So let me ask you this. From a rivalry standpoint, would you agree or disagree? I, I thought yesterday, I put it out in a tweet, and I didn't really get much pushback. For college sports in general, the top three for me, Duke Carolina with basketball, mm -hmm. Bama-Auburn football, Michigan-Ohio State. Mm, I would say. Would you that's, argue? That's, that's I fair. I would say. That's yeah. fair. That's, I did get a few Army Navies, and no disrespect to I, I get the game. I understand what it means. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's different. It's, it, it, it's a different rivalry. It, it is the best rivalry in all of sports if you want to count it for what it is. Right. right? What Army-Navy truly is, which is a celebration of patriotism yes. and and. and and young Americans who are going to go defend our country, like that's. But the game never really has meaning. It's sort of separate from 
you know, one in three competing for a national title. It's just, it's just. I mean, if you, if you love triple options and wishbones, have at it. I, I mean, to me, listen, it's a tough watch. Listen, the entrance. See, I don't, and I don't have a problem with the watch at all. I think it's a great game. It's just not. It's not for the national title, right? It, yep. It's not. It doesn't have the gravity of Duke, North Carolina, when they're generally competing for ACC championships or. You know, Auburn, Alabama, which has lately been the deciding factor in the SEC West. Ohio State, Michigan has long decided a division or a conference title. Um, I, I think I, I think the, the, the thing about the Iron Bowl that separates it. So Oklahoma, Texas, and I've, listen, I learned how to cuss, okay? I'll just be honest. I learned how to cuss at Texas-Oklahoma game when I was 12 years old because I've never seen, you know, 38,000 fans of one team scream, a, bad, a bunch of bad words at another 38,000 people from another team. You're at the Texas Fair. You're eating all kinds of great food. Um, it just, it, I like, again, I remember looking at my dad going like, oh, that, they're not supposed to say that, huh? And he's like, mm, no, but he just kind of let it go. And, like, again, rivalries like that learn, teach you how to, <laughs> teach you how to use bad language, basically. That's how, how intense they are. I always say this about college rivalries. There is no rivalry that doesn't believe that its hatred is, is the most hatred. Right. Oregon, Oregon State. It may not matter to us in the South, but like to those people in that rivalry in that state, the civil it's called the Civil War. Like they hate it. Right. They they absolutely despise each other. Washington, Washington State. Um, you know, pick a pick a rivalry. Clemson, South Carolina is as nasty a rivalry as it gets. Within the state, the vitriol of hatred between those two fan bases, it's as crazy as, as anything. But nothing is quite the same as Auburn, Alabama, in the state of Alabama, where every single day at your church, at your grocery store, at your PTA meeting, in school classrooms, mowing your lawn, everything is integrated into Auburn, Alabama. The guy next to you, is he an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan? It may affect your life. <laughs> how how you live on a on any given street in the you state gotta of Alabama. You've got to declare at birth. It's it, not a it's not yeah, a phrase, it's it, true. It, it is it's just deep, more deeply ingrained and interwoven into your daily experience of life in Alabama because Ann Arbor and, and Columbus aren't really close to each other. I mean, they are. They are. They are, but, but they're they not. Really, it's not like yeah. Auburn and Alabama where you're, you, you live next to each other, right? Like Ohio State fans in Columbus, not a lot of Michigan fans living on the same street as you. Whereas no. in Alabama, and it's the same for Oklahoma and Texas, Austin and Norman are a good you know, four and a half, five but hours away. that's probably away. the greatest none non-state rivalry in in college football michigan oklahoma michigan yeah. ohio state oklahoma texas is right there i mean yeah, so. georgia florida is up there the cocktail party is is a great game to go to if you've never been there there's something about in state though that's more intense like mm-hmm. mississippi mississippi state don't tell those people that that your rivalry is no, more intense right. than their rivalry you know mm-hmm. what I mean? does that make sense like, yeah yeah and i think too with alabama auburn you go back to 2008 how many times has that game determined who won the national championship. I mean, it was Bama, Auburn, Bama, Bama for a four or five-year stretch because it was 08, 09, Yeah, but when were 10. they? But 10, Alabama wasn't in the national title hunt. No, but Cam um, Newton and Auburn did go to the title game. Right, right. It, it determines one of the participants. Correct. I'm, I'm saying when they're both. And, yeah, and 20, Alabama and, had that game won, didn't they? Yeah, the, the marking yeah. and fumble out the, in the cam back. The, the, the one that really took it to another level was the first time the winner of the game was going to win the division. 2013. And that was 2013, which, of course, ended in the most dramatic finish in maybe the history of college football with the kick six. So, But that was the first time the game actually was winner goes to Atlanta. Then two, two years later, or three years later, whatever it was, when, when Auburn beat them and Alabama finished 11-1 and eventually won the national title, 26-12, to I think, was the final, something like yep. that. That game decided the West. So we went a long time 
where both teams weren't competing for the West title. And now we've seen it a couple different times where the winner will win the division and go to Atlanta to compete for the SEC championship, which just adds even more fuel to the fire. And then the way the 2013 game ended. Listen, I, I will... I think Texas-Oklahoma is a game that every college football fan should go to. It is as good a game as you will ever go to anywhere in the country. I do not think it is as daily an intense thing as Auburn-Alabama is because of how close everyone just – they all just live with each other in in the state of Alabama. What was your uh, deepest rivalry at Michigan State? Was it Michigan? Yeah, it was Michigan. Um didn't have a rivalry, even though because we didn't play Ohio State every year, um, because of you know the way the conference was aligned, um, you just didn't play them every year. But we played Michigan every year, um, and that was the you know the in-state rivalry is 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 always a thing. Um, did so. it fu- did it fuel you in Michigan State, and does it fuel Michigan State from the standpoint of? You look at that as your biggest rival, yet Michigan looks at Ohio State as their biggest rival and almost looks down upon Michigan State. But they know they got to win that game. Oh, I know. They know that, you know, you you can they can try to, you know, downplay it, but they if they lose that game, then it's, you know, it's they it's a must that they beat Ohio State. And lately, you know, they hadn't been it's either you're losing to both of them, or you're beating one and losing to the other. And you know, they if they had their their way, obviously Michigan would they would be Michigan State and Ohio State. But they just hadn't been able to, you know, do that consistently lately. Hell, they hadn't beat Ohio State. Period. Um, so, and they've been able to beat Michigan State what two out of the last three times, I believe. Um, but before that, we were on the roll where we were just dominating them for almost a decade. USC Notre Dame also a rivalry that is on tap for tomorrow as well. I, I want to go back to a day, and, and I don't know if it'll ever happen again, but the early '90s with Florida State Miami, all those games with the missed field goals and wide left and wide right. When Florida State Miami was at their heyday, when oh, was, Miami had good. the bad boy image, and Bobby Bowden was at Florida State, well, that was tremendous. Yeah, it's good. Um, uh, that was an early one too, I think. Yeah, it's it's not as it's just not as intense because it's on and off. They weren't in the same conference. Um, the even Florida Florida State in the '90s was super intense. Like the Fred Taylor comeback um, that eventually, like they played. I think they played. I think it was the, the national title year in '97 or '96 where they played in the last game of the regular season. Florida State won. They came back and played in the Sugar Bowl, the national and, championship, and, and Florida won in the national title yep. and won the game. So they had played back to back. Um, you know, there, I want to say it was Miami in 2000 that made – was it Miami in 2000 that made state championship rings because they had beaten Florida and Florida State, but they had lost to Washington, so they didn't play in the BCS title game. But Florida State did, yep. and their loss was to Miami, so Miami made state championship rings that year. Like, it, there is definitely some heated heated rivalry stuff there. But, like, I mean, anything. Like, Georgia-Georgia Tech. You know – you know, Utah, BYU, like all these yeah. rivalries are great. The rivalry that I'm glad, I'm, I'm not glad, but I'm mad that they got rid of was Nebraska-Oklahoma. That's old school. Well, yeah, when Nebraska went to the Big Ten, it just killed. I think the last yeah. time they played was 2010. They killed that whole rivalry. Penn State-Pitt. Yeah. They, they don't play anymore. That whole well, they just played, they just played, not four, every, not they just played four years in a row, um, but they're not going to play again for a while. Yeah. West Virginia-Pittsburgh was called the backyard brawl. They played mm-hmm. every year on the final week of the season. And West Virginia went Big 12, and Pittsburgh went to the ACC. They both left the Big East, and all of a sudden, no game. The one that matters the most is Texas-Texas A&M. 
That that's the one that I've been to four of those games and the hatred between Texas and Texas A&M is off the charts. It's just as good as any of these other games we're talking about. And the reason they have not played it yet is because I think they're just waiting so that they can capitalize financially. <laughs> they're just waiting to launch it as like a, a, a week one matchup every year in like Jerry World or something like that. So where they can they can sell huge rights around it, huge advertising and sponsorship dollars around it, sell suites to it, make it a big event. And and both teams have to swallow their pride a little bit because Texas-Texas A&M is a game that should be played every single year. Coming up next, it is time for our morning drive pigskin picks against the spread. Stay there. ESPN 102.5 again. Pigskin Pickle starts now. For entertainment purposes only. Bumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Here we go. That goes double for you knuckleheads. Yeah, you know who you are. Let's go now. Let's go now. Time for another edition of Morning Drive's Pigskin Picks Against the Spread, where we go around the room and give you winners, or in some cases, losers, and you should just fade us and go the opposite way, and you'll still win. So either way, you should be able to load up your bank account for the holidays. Yeah, we're helping you either way. Exactly right. We're like a financial stimulus for the economy. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, I'll take it. Some, if you say. some days. Yeah, whatever you say. All right, D-Mace, you have the best record. Uh, Braden, do you want to go through the numbers and uh, rattle off the records All today? All right, Derek Mason, yes, last week, 3-2 and two against uh, – it's not against the spread, I guess. It's against the the total. 3-2, um, and, two, 17, and <laughs> 17 and 13 on the season, leading the way and making you money, Nashville. Um, Nick went 2-0 and oh last week. A nice nice uh, uh, Florida and Michigan win there, however – uh, just eighteen and twenty-four on the season, mm. still still fighting uphill. Uh, I myself went a pristine one and three against the mark last week with four favorites. Now twelve and fifteen, also under five hundred and losing you money. So fade Nick, fade me, and play D Mace. That's, That's how this goes. Right. So Derek, that means you're first. You're in mm-hmm. first place. You're up, my friend. Absolutely, first game I'm going with. You hear the music? <laughs> you guys know what time it is. Coming from a far region, nope. deep in outer space, the greatest. We can watch all these games once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> these these games on. are played in galaxies far away. <laughs> Charlotte right. versus Florida International. Okay? Oh, Charlotte, oh. Florida International. The over Will under, Healy, baby. Yes, the over under is sixty and a half. Okay. It should be mild weather there in Florida. Oh, okay. So. I am going with the over. <laughs> I'm going with the over on that one, okay? You got it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we got it. It's, it's down. North, oh, we get it. North Texas yeah, yeah, it's your versus face. Southern Miss. Ooh. Southern or Southern? Southern. Southern. Southern? Southern. Southern Miss. Southern Miss. S-M. Southern Miss. <laughs> 58 over under. Okay. I'm going with the over on that one, okay? I- Love that. 58. Love that pick. 58. MTSU, Florida Atlantic. Oh, Kiffy Kicks. Another <laughs> should be mild weather there in Florida. 63 and a half. Ooh. Lane Kiffin, I'm going with the over on that one. Okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Now, is, is 63 and a half the total or the temperature? <laughs> Just check both. Okay. <laughs> UNLV Vandy. Oh, no. 57 and a half. I'm going the under. Thank you. I am going the under on that one, okay? 11 to 9, Vanderbilt wins. And last but not least. Oh, it's got dark. Florida. 
Oh, this is a real game. LSU. We got an FBS game, folks. 55 and a half. This, I'm giving to you people. This, oh, this is, is a, a, a bucket. L- Locktober? This is a Locktober <laughs> right here. 55 and a half. I am going the over. Over. If D-Mace does not hit that pick, he will not only give you the NHL Winter Classic absolutely free, but the NBA triple header on Christmas Day. Toll free. Uh, what, about, what about preseason NBA? Uh, if you bet on preseason, yeah. you deserve to be in a straight jacket. <laughs> There you go, buddy. Give me the Thunder plus three and a half. All right, I'm going to go, just just for the sake of of trying this out, Nick, which is probably very dangerous, I'm going to go all dogs this week. Just all dogs just to see what happens. It's a good way to make a living if you can justify it. Texas plus ten and a half, always, always a close game against Oklahoma. I don't think they win. Oklahoma is setting new standards in offensive efficiency, but Texas is also able to score. This is going to be high scoring. Texas plus ten and a half. Your University of Tennessee Volunteers, plus seven at home against Mississippi State. I think they play inspired football. They may win the game outright. Plus seven. Give me the balls there. Your Louisville Cardinals, Jared Stillman's, hot cakes and syrups. Louisville Cardinals. Louisville. Gerald and the coach. Jordan and the coach. Will Chris Mason be in attendance? Brave suck. Louisville wins. Outright against undefeated Wake Forest, Louisville plus seven. Give me the Louisville Cardinals there. Texas Tech plus 11 on the road against unbeaten Baylor. Texas Tech coming off a big win against Oak State with a quarterback named Jet Duffy. What a great name for a Big 12 quarterback, Jet Duffy. You better be a dual-threat quarterback. Plus 11. Give me Texas Tech plus 11. West Virginia plus 10 at home against Iowa State. I like all these home teams getting money, by the way, getting points. What, did I say the right thing? West Virginia plus 10 you at did. home against Keep Iowa rolling. State. Keep rolling. You're on fire. And the University of Virginia Wahoos, even though Vegas is telling me not to do it. I like Virginia to win outright against Miami tonight at home, or on the road. Get, who knows who's playing quarterback for Miami? That Bronco Mendenhall defense is real. Virginia plus two. Give me all the dogs. Give me all of your dogs. As Bill Raftery once said, Oh, the puppies are barking, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> Onions. All right, I got three for you. I really like your picks, by the way. Oh, the, thank you. Oh. Here's, the, hey, here's what you do. If you want to win in gambling, you bet underdogs and you fade the public. Those are the two keys. Mm. All the losers out there that bet favorites, that's why you're constantly broke. Because you got to win twice. <laughs> you got to win the game and you got to cover the number. Also, the economy is not working for everyone. But exactly. Whatever. All right, three picks for you. I'm going to go LSU minus 13 and a half. Ooh. I think they beat Florida by 17. So you just told us to bet the dogs and you're taking LSU minus 11. Yes. Okay. Texas plus 10 and a half. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. Sam Ellinger could win the game outright, uh, and then I'm going to go to uh, College Station. I'm going to take I'm a little little D mace here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the over 61 between Alabama Texas A and M. That smells like a 45 24 type game. I like that as well. Mm-hmm. I would like I like Bama laying the points, but that's uh, but I told myself no favorites this week. Okay. Bama points. All right, Marquise. What's up, fellas? NFL picks for Marquise. Now, what did you do last week? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he was uh, two and two. Do we have any? Have we even keep a track? Have we yes. Do we keep he, track of Marquis? He lost Baltimore and Jacksonville. He won the Vikings and Patriots. What's, two his, and two. what's his year to date record? So that would put him two and two, three and three, five and five. Is that really what you are for six weeks? You've only bet ten games. Yeah, he's very selective. Yeah, man. I'm very, I'm very strategic oh, with okay. my picking right. games. Of course, I forgot. Now, see, I want to take New Orleans Saints versus the Jaguars, but it says PK. I thought he went to New Jersey, so I don't know what that means. 
It means pick them. Pick them. Oh, it does I not, pick one or the other? It doesn't mean P.K. Subban. I got that joke, and I like it. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go with the Saints in the penalty kick. <laughs> um, I will also take Tampa, Tampa Bay against the Panthers, plus two and a half. I will take Baltimore minus the 11 and a half over the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a big number. Hey, hey, hang on, hang on. New it's, Orleans it's, is the pick them, right? Yeah. And Baltimore minus 11 and a half. And what other one? That was uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers minus or plus the two and a half for Tampa Bay. Now that's the the London game. Just yes, so you know, that's early early, early, early yeah, kickoff. Yeah. I'll, I'll be up to watch that. Now. It's called it's, it's Baltimore, not Baltimore. Ball. Yeah. It's Baltimore. Baltimore. Right. So yeah, Baltimore. Is that a character in Harry Potter? <laughs> no, it's Baltimore. Oh, okay. As people of Baltimore. Baltimore, Baltimore. they tell you it's Baltimore. And you lived in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, what, what is he saying? Baltimore. What is he saying? Who? Baltimore. No, he's saying so ball. So he's adding, he's putting too much T on it? He's putting the L, ball, tomorrow. Uh-huh. It's ball, ball. I'm Baltimore. hearing you say an L, too, though. No, no, it's Baltimore. I didn't say an L, Baltimore. Ball, duh, ball, yeah. duh. Yeah, that's duh, an L. Duh. I'm Baltimore. hearing an L. Baltimore. See, I would pick Atlanta, but I don't know if I should pronounce the L, but they're minus <laughs> two. Or the T, I'm confused. <laughs> but they're, they're yeah. minus two against Arizona, and I'm going to take them as well. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's put Atlanta. Well, can you just call, Atlanta, it, the, can, can you call it the ATL without <laughs> pronouncing the T and the L? I don't think the you A. Yeah, you can the A. Call it the A. There you go. <laughs> what, the what, A. What's the spread on that? Atlanta what? Two. It is minus two. Yep. All right, Kale, you got any NFL picks? Uh, Yeah, I'll give you one NFL pick. I like the Eagles plus three this week at the Vikings. And you might say, why? Well, the reality is Kirk Cousins is good against bad teams, and he stinks against good teams. The Eagles yeah. would qualify as a good team. Yeah. Give me the Eagles plus three. Mm. I like that. There you go. I like that. All right, we're coming back with a big finish. Stay there. Baltimore. <laughs> We've had a big show. And now it's time for a big finish on Morning Drive. Yeah, buddy, everybody loves a big finish. 9.45 each and every day here on Morning Drive, and it is brought to you by... Nashville Soccer Club. That's right. Get your MLS tickets for the inaugural season today. Go to NashvilleSC.com. Only two games left in the regular season before the USL playoffs start. Huge one with uh, North Carolina coming up this weekend. NashvilleSC.com. Hollywood, let's get to the rewind. And we welcome you into Morning Drive live here on a Friday as the Nashville Predators rally from a 4-2 deficit after two periods and score a four spot in the final 20 minutes, picking up a 6-5 win over the Capitals. Stanley, we're calling you. Stanley, come out and play. Sounds like a horror movie. (laughs) Not to get it confused with Stanley from Friday. (laughs) Stanley Cups. Stanley, come out and play. Sounds like a clown is asking for children to come out and get some candy. Yeah, the Stanley is lurking around the corner. Stanley, come home. Dinner's ready. (laughs) No, this team, this team is... We spoke with Skillsy. Can I call him Skillsy? I yes, the poll results revealed that. Two-thirds of the people. Yeah. So you just changed because you were the one that was yeah. against it, and now you're the first one calling him You Skilzy. perpetrator, you. I'm calling them the Kansas City Chiefs of the NHL right now because <laughs> they are able to put up goals in bunches. Those guys, I mean, they – I don't know what it is about them. So does, mean, that, does that make um, Matt Duchesne yeah, the Patrick Mahomes because yeah, he's the trigger man? Duchesne's the Mahomes, and then we have a bunch of other guys that just, man, they just – 
we do have a bone to pick with one of our favorite guests on the show each and every week, and it's our buddy Chris Mason, who last night during the broadcast was reading a promo for Fox Sports Tennessee, and he pronounced the city of Louisville, which is how I would say it. You have to say it like you have a bag of marbles in your mouth. Louisville. Louisville. He called it Louisville. I feel like we should <laughs> And Willie Donick immediately was like, uh, yeah, that's wrong. Like, you, people say Louisville. People say that. Louisville slugger. Mm-hmm. You know, people say Louisville, which is not how the locals pronounce it. It's, it's Louisville. That is correct. Louisville. You got to say it like, again, just put a bag of marbles in your mouth. Louisville. Cookville. Crossville. Knoxville. The Fighting Stillmans. We welcome in our buddy Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville. Josh, if the Vols lose tomorrow, do you plan on sleeping on top of a car dealership on a roof for a couple of days? No, my uh, buddy Tyler Ivins has that locked down. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I ran it by my wife to see, hey, you know, what if I, I go up there and hang out with Tyler for a little while? And you guys probably know the look I received. So here I am talking to you and I'm nowhere near a, uh, the, the roof of a car dealership. But by the way, you know, it's set up right next to the interstate. So we still broadcast there each day on our station and it is not quiet up there on the roof. It's difficult to feel great about Tennessee's chances with many of the games remaining in the league, especially if Tennessee were to lose this week. This is just one Tennessee has to have because you can start to play the cumulative effect game. If Tennessee loses this week, then the Vols are about to be 1-6 because they play on the road against Bama next week. So you don't want to put too much on one game in the middle of the season, considering how Tennessee's season has gone and what the talk has been around the program and what you have coming up next. I just don't see any way around this one. Tennessee has to get this game. What is more dangerous, blowing a gasket or blowing a stack? Like, which one causes, which one costs more? Where is it fixed? Okay, a gasket. A gasket's like a small yeah. part you can yeah. generally replace. Well, the stack yeah. is also the end of wh- whatever the line, you know, is mm-hmm. wherever the, the substance is flowing through, the, the gaseous substance. It could be a good thing. It gets to the stack, and that's the last piece, so you should be able to replace that one pretty easily. Yeah. So I, I would, you know, I don't know. A stack seems pretty expensive. A gasket, small, <laughs> small part. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Just throwing it out there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are important things that we these should These are consider. things that we they need are. to figure out. <laughs> it been a while since I've blown my stack. Listen, human rights, you know, genocide, world hunger, and... Blowing stacks. Gaskets, gaskets versus stacks. These are the important things we discuss. Peron Davenport is with us. Good thing for the Titans, Denver's defense has struggled a bit against the run. So they're giving up, I think it's like 126.2 yards per game on the ground. This should be an opportunity for Derrick Henry to get that train going. And that's really what the offense needs. So if you like that high scoring, sling the ball all over the place type of football, I don't think you're going to enjoy this, this game this weekend. Right now, we welcome in Willie Donick, one of your partners in crime, Chris Mason, yesterday, reading the promo and pronouncing the city of Louisville, <laughs> Louisville. And you were excellently on point last night, putting him in check right away. Well, it's funny. You know, the shoe, the shoe can be on the other foot, right? I've been in Canada and pronouncing some of the Canadian towns on the prairie and butchering those. So you, you kind of <laughs> have to learn the hard way. So Mace got exposed, you know, the Red Deer Alberta native. He's learning these towns one, time, one at a time here, but you can get off, uh, get off guard every now and then. I think we're down to one a year now. Uh, last year he got called, and maybe he's, you know, being next to a Mets fan, he got uh, influenced by me, but he called it Beaverville and not Sevierville. Last night, it was a, it was an uphill climb chasing the game, but you never really felt like the Predators were out of it. They kept maybe making a few mistakes that Washington was able to pounce on and cash in, but man, what a great game just from a, a pure entertainment standpoint. 
Now, there's another spinoff that's probably going to be in the works, and it is a spinoff of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So I would say if, if they were to actually do like a 15-year-later storyline wrap-up of all the characters, then I would be interested yeah. in that. Do if they they're have gonna the do like, funeral fulfill? If they're actually going to do a different, you know what I mean? Like if they're taking all the yeah. same characters but then doing a, a wrap-up like where actually Philly. they are. I'd like to see what the playground where he's born and raised look like. Let's yeah. say, let's set up the story like this. Will Smith marries Neil Long's character. They have mm-hmm. a kid, and it's kind of role reverse where they're rich, but Will Smith wants to humble his kid a little bit by sending him to Philly to go ah. live in Philly so he can, like, not be like Carlton when he grows up. Is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air best TV theme of all time? Because there's so many great songs. Like, Dude, I would put Family Matters ahead of Fresh Prince. I would, I would not. For TV I, I, theme? Sanford, I Sanford and Sons is pretty good. Uh, Laverne and Shirley is, is pretty good. There's Three's so company. many. How about Night, yeah. Knight Rider? Come on, Knight Rider. Come and knock on our door. Come That's and a good knock one. on our door. We'll be for you. <laughs> do you ever hear yeah. me do my uh, Timmy Kirchner impersonation? Go ahead. I don't know. I was at Blue Jays camp this past <laughs> week, and J.P. Aaron Sebia really changed the way he calls a game behind home plate. Fascinating to see what the Blue Jays will do this upcoming spring. Jose Altuve is five feet six inches tall, and he just mashes the baseball. Puff Daddy, the the Puff Daddy. Yes, <laughs> that is the rewind from today. Uh, what happened Puff Daddy. on the show today? By the way, great win by Predators. Um, come back, uh, come from behind victory. I, I want you to overreact six late to five, night. Six to five. I want you overreacting on Twitter late night yeah. on Saturday night if they lose to the Kings. Yeah, please do. I know. I want you. I'm talking to oh, you. Oh me? Oh yeah, yeah I am. You. Oh, okay, cool. I, I want do you it. to overreact. Because I overreact yes. when they win, so I'm overreacting. Right, exactly. When they lose. Did, uh, if they lose, because they might not lose. Ever, again. Absolutely. They may never lose. Anybody have the stones to actually make a Titans pick? No. I don't, I'm don't. i out of the prediction business. Uh, I'm no longer in the prediction I got a few business. stones in front of my house, but... Um, you shouldn't throw those if you live in a glass house. Absolutely. Could be worse. Could have kidney stones. That's not a good thing to have. The Rolling Stones. Okay. Stone McCartney. I don't even know if that's a true Stonewall true Jackson. Yeah, Stonewall Jackson. Stone McCartney. You got Stonewall. That, that was Stone McCartney. <laughs> There's Paul McCartney. Yes, I know. Stone Malone. I, I don't know what that is either. Keep going. Has anybody got a Vandy pick for this week? Post Malone. Yeah. Carl Malone. Ah. The Postman. See what I did yeah. there? Or the mailman. Malone Malone. Mark Malone, former Thursday Night Football broadcaster back when... Uh, Home teams. Alone. Home Alone. Oh, my yeah. God. Home <laughs> Alone. What, exactly. Is, that, is that a spinoff with Carl Malone? He just gets stuck at, a, he gets stuck at the jazz facility by himself? He's got all the mail. He's got all the mail to deliver to all his yeah, teammates. And no one's there to collect the mail. You know, alone. I have no pick for the Titans. I have no pick for the Vols. But I will take Vandy. I think the fact that Vandy's favored by oh. almost 15 points. Really going on a limb there. I'm no, going yeah, on the limb this week. Vandy outright. Coach Mason gets a dub. Mm-hmm. Pick- I am taking Jared Titans. Jared Pickney will catch a pass. Okay, you're going Titans. Titans 14-7. So they a win. repeat of last week. Yeah, 14-7. They win. <laughs> Jesus. Titans. <laughs> Gall, you got anything else? <laughs> Dude, I never had anything to begin with. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is it for us. Have a great rest of your Friday. Enjoy a great football weekend, and we will reconvene to break it all down Monday at 6 o'clock. And as one man once famously said when signing off on social media, I'm just saying, <laughs> take care. <laughs> Bailey DJ Nashville, have a wonderful weekend, and I love you.